Hi, I'm Colleen Nolan, and this is my podcast, Let's Talk About Grief, a REACH production brought to you by Co-op Funeral Care. Over the five episodes, I'll be using this platform to chat to my special guests about their very own personal experiences of death, grief, and the ways in which they've chosen to remember their loved ones. Each week, we'll touch on a different theme, from losing a parent, sibling, or spouse to dealing with grief in lockdown. We'll uncover how many guests handle the initial blow of losing a loved one, how and where they found support, and the coping mechanisms they continue to rely on to get them through the toughest of times. They'll also be sharing their best advice in the hope it will help anyone out there who needs to hear it most. We'll also look at what happens in the weeks that follow the funeral and explore the many moving, creative ways my guests choose to keep the memory of their loved ones alive. I'll also be joined by cruise bereavement specialists and co-op funeral care team to share their valuable knowledge. My hope is that this podcast brings comfort and offers advice to people who need it most, whether it's someone suffering a bereavement or someone supporting them. This podcast is a REACH production brought to you by Co-op Funeral Care. Together, no one has to deal with bereavement alone. Dad's from that era where men don't cry. Yeah. And everything's fine and, you know, pull yourself together. And he would say things like that. Come on, we're going to be okay. Pull ourselves together. And I wanted to say, I'll pull you together. Mm. You know, just have a cry. Losing Jared, I just thought, oh, no, I'm going to do things now from here on in that make me happy. And my wife's saying, please remember that we've got a wee baby here and we need to carry on. You, You know, we have to get through this. We'll get through it together. He was to be buried in a shroud. He wasn't allowed clothes on because, I don't know, COVID didn't like clothes. You know, mm. things like that just... Didn't make sense. ...furiates me. Yeah. There was no cuddling. We, we, I, I, I can yeah. you know, what do we do? Everybody all confused. You deprived me of... Uh, of giving my brother that send-off that he should have had. Mm. And what I would say to anyone would be, you know, talk. Because I wasn't talking, I was keeping everything in. I was crying in my towel. So I am joined now by, sorry, what's your name, love? No, (laughs) by Gary Hollywood. Hi, Colleen. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. So we've been talking through all these podcasts about grief and bereavement and how people cope. And um, and I've noticed that everyone deals with it differently, Yeah, as you know. One of the things I remember during lockdown, which was a terrible time for most people anyway, yeah. but was people losing loved ones and how difficult that must have been. And I remember having conversations saying, how do people cope with that? And that actually did happen yeah. for you, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, it was back... Uh, at the time, I was living in Lanzarote, and we came back from Lanzarote to have our baby, who just so happened to be premature. So he came a month early, came in the March. So we just got back and into hospital, and then COVID was coming. Mm. So thankfully, the hospital were very good. They gave me a bed, and uh, we stayed in for the week. And then they wanted us out because the wards were going to be turning into COVID wards. Mm-hmm. And we got out. Ollie was doing fine. And we were staying at mum and dad's at the time. So that was around about the 12th of March. 
And we thought, okay, we'll have a week or so staying at mum and dad's and that sounded all good. And then we'll fly back. We'll get all his passport. We'll register his birth and we'll fly back. Mm. Uh, COVID changed that. And six months later, staying at my mum and dad's with a newborn. Oh, <laughs> oh love mum and dad dearly. We all love our parents, but living with them. Yeah. Well, they probably felt the same. They probably Well, they did at the end. Yeah. Yeah, they did at the end. And of course, initially it felt like a wee holiday. Mm. Oh, well, this is fun. We'll have a wee bottle of wine mm. Friday night. Yeah. Ollie's coming on great and the new grandchild's here. And then on the 27th of April, our worlds were shattered as uh, my brother, who was 50, had a massive heart attack and died. Hadn't been ill? No. No. Died. And he was complaining, he died on the, the layers of the Monday of the 27th, but on the Friday he'd been complaining he wasn't feeling great. On the Saturday they phoned the paramedics and, and they came to the house and said, you know, is it COVID? And he said, no, no, I, I, it's, I'm fine. It's just, uh, I've got pains, etc." Mm. But they, they told him to take some paracetamol and stay away from the telly as telly was making everyone anxious uh, with COVID. Oh, of course. So treating it like an anxiety yeah. attack almost. And then he was admitted early hours on Monday morning and died at the back of five on the 27th. So that just just shook us all. And because we were in lockdown, well, we yeah. were in lockdown then. So yeah, it was you, just all beginning. So were you allowed to go, <clears throat> not allowed to go and see No, so we weren't allowed in the hospital. He died and we got the phone call and I got my my, my brother, I've got f- four brothers, uh, Jared included. So my brother Stephen had phoned me and he said, uh, you're going to have to wake mum and dad up and tell them that Jared's passed. And I thought, oh, Christ. And... When the phone went, my wife had, had woken. We've got the baby in her room. And I said, Jerry's died. So I had to go in and tell mm, Tell your mum and dad. And of course, not being able to then... You put it in a box, don't you? And, and, mm-hmm. and life carries on. And But I, I've never heard screams like that from my mother. Mm. Mm. And obviously... Like you say, and this is what we've been talking about, about grief and bereavement, mm. we tend to, and especially people within our industry, because yeah. we always have to be on show. Yeah, of course. We tend to do what you've just said, mm. which is put it in a put box. In a box. But I think a lot of people do, because mm. that's how they move on. Mm. And then you have shows like this or moments like this. Yeah. Where you take it, starts, the it starts coming yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't matter if that's now or in 10 years' time. Yeah. That emotion would still be there and yeah. we've been talking about how grief is very different for everyone and there's no time limit on it if ever or do you just learn to live with it well that's you know i've, I've had friends in, in the industry of past and i've been close to them and it hurts you and and you move on and i've never had anyone in my family obviously and especially mm. a sibling so it's, it's all different processes yes. and different heart Mm. And Jared was 10 years older than me mm. and I was close to him because he was the last one left in the house. Mm. So he would take me to restaurants and he taught me how to use chopsticks. Mm. I was included in his life. Yeah. So I felt closer uh, to him or the, the other two. They'll be devastated to hear that. The pain, I never felt pain like that. And 
Was the pain not only for you losing your brother, but also hearing your mother in so much pain? That, that, that haunts me. Mm. Mm. Still. Really? So what... <sighs> What was your movements after that? How did how was your day to day? Because I tried to imagine it in lockdown, people going through this. Yeah. What were the restrictions? Well, you know, at this point, there's now restrictions where you have to restrict going out mm. and uh, and restrict your movement. And of course, we had the baby, so I remember saying to Dad, "You can't go to the news agents to get his newspapers every morning. No, you can't. You've got mm. a newborn." And he was a bit relaxed about it he didn't get the concept of what we were being told mm. and my is this wa- about covid not yeah about yeah yeah there. yeah about about the mm. about covid and, and and the movements and so having to have a newborn and my wife it's her first baby so mm. she's paranoid uh don't don't go out uh, you know don't go to the shops let's all stay in as well as dealing with the death of my brother his son and no one been able to come to the house. Mm. Everything's been done by phone. And you couldn't go and see him? At- no, mm-hmm. not at this point. We couldn't go, you know, we were, we were Catholics, so we couldn't have a proper service. Mm. We couldn't have the, the purvey, as they say, where mm. we all share our memories and yeah. have a good drink. Like a celebration. A of, celebration yeah. of his life. That mm. was all out, taken away. And my cousin's man worked for the the co-op funeral uh, office in Glasgow, and he said, "You're restricted in coming to view the body. It's certain hours, but only two at a time." Mm. I wanted to go in with my mum and dad, mm. mm-hmm. and uh, my brothers, yeah, <clears throat> and experience it all together and and support one another. But thankfully, we did get to see him. Another thing that wound me up was he was to be buried in a shroud. He wasn't allowed clothes on because, I don't know, COVID didn't like clothes. You know, mm. things like that just... Didn't make sense. ...furiates me. Yeah. Uh, so he shroud, that was fine, and uh, and the, the funeral department obviously looked after him and his hair, because he always loved his hair. So that was fine, and then... There was no service, so it was straight to the the grave. And my dad's from my family of 18, and there's so many of them. It's cousins and mm. cousins and cousins. Mm. And, and, of course, this restriction. What was it? Was it, it was Wait, Well, they were saying, yeah, at this point they were saying 10. 10. And no funeral cars. So we were all to go in our own cars. That's absolutely fine. But then we're outside what is the problem with having as many as we like because we're outside mm. and as it turned out we or the day of the funeral i said to mum i'm not telling anyone of jared's uh, colleagues or family or cousins i'm not telling anyone not to come mm-hmm. and that's that mm. and we'll deal with it uh and there was over 100 at this gravesite all Scattered around. Yeah, socially distanced. Socially doing, yeah. as we're told. I remember the, the grounds lady saying to the funeral director at the time that, you know, I could stop this. There's too many. And he said, this is their family. Mm. You know, there's a couple of his colleagues, but this is their family. Mm. The, the, this is a big family. Uh, 
So I, I would advise you not to stop this. And to be honest with you, I think if she had, then there would have been a war. Yeah, yeah. There really would have yeah. been a war. Um, so while you're going through the awful shock yeah. of the death of your brother and the and the grief, mm. you're dealing with anger yeah. as well, a lot of yeah. anger. Yeah, there, there's anger uh, building up because there's all these restrictions and rules being put in a place that just didn't make sense. Mm. To us, to anyone. Mm. Uh, so there was all that going on, just so much emotion. I remember the, the priest had turned up and his car had stopped at the end of the, the cemetery mm. because he thought that this was a, a, a previous funeral that, that's overran and mm. he didn't realise that it was this. And of course, restrictions are 10 by the graveside and that's mm. it. But we were all scattered around. Anyway, uh, he was told, no, this is the funeral and let's just get on with it because nobody's moving. And did he? And he did, thankfully. Uh, and the funeral had, had, had came and went. Another thing, that that was it. We There was no cuddling. We, we, I, I, I can yeah. you know, what do we do? Everybody all confused. Uh, Has that affected you... Has that affected you still to this day? I think it lingers because of not being able to do that, not being able to thank people, no purvy, mm. you know, not being able, as we all know, that we go back to an establishment, a hotel, a pub, whatever, we have a laugh, we get rat arsed, mm. we party, we celebrate his life. We did, we couldn't have that. There was, to me, there was no closure, and that's what I plan on doing. Uh, I was going to say you're going to do. Oh it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Organizing a little memorial night for his colleagues and friends and cousins and family to come together. I think for me, to cl some sort of closure, because hmm. that still bugs me. Yeah, I, I can tell. Yeah, that that yeah, still bugs me it. that we couldn't celebrate his life. Yeah. And of course, then I suppose when it came out later on that. <sighs> Those restrictions oh. weren't being upheld by the people that set them. Yeah, that anger must have come out. Oh God, I, I understand it completely. Mm. Uh, I, I think I, I remember going on Twitter or something uh, after all that and and just ranting, mm. know that you deprived me of uh, of giving my brother that send off that he should have had. Mm. After the, you know the funeral, we all just get back in our cars, and, and for us, we went home to mum and dad's, and that was it. So, how did you manage then to, because obviously filled with that grief, that anger, all yeah. of that, and we're in lockdown. Yeah, and you're living with your mum and dad. Yeah. I mean, how did you manage day to day? Day to day, you know, we often talk about it now, and we actually spoke about it at the time. And said, you know, that this was a gift from Jared that Easter uh, Easter was early that year, and and the last I saw was the back of his head going into the car because he was dropping off Easter eggs uh. and leaving them on the windowsill uh, and a little two pound coin for Ollie, and and off he went. We dealt with the stories of Jared has left us with with Ollie because Ollie actually this little baby made us get through it because mm. we had to concentrate on the little baby. It helped It helped us, it helped my mum. Mm. Bizarre, you know, that had we been in Lanzarote at the time, we wouldn't have got back. No. Strange how things just all fall into place mm. and that there we are stuck with 
mum and dad in their house we, we've got the baby and and he helped us mm. he helped us like carry on I, we had to carry on we had a baby in the house mm. don't get me wrong you know tears and 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 heart all along the way but we supported one another my other brothers couldn't come and join us you know yeah, uh, they weren't allowed have and they got families yeah and they got uh, their own families they've yeah. got their own families and then, of course, Jared's widow at this point with her two, uh, a son, a girl and a boy. Mm. Uh, my mum wanting to see her grandchildren to support them and, mm. and, and hug them and support them with the death of their dad. And we, we couldn't do any of that. So it's it just so bizarre how it, how it all worked out. But the, the wee man helped us. Yeah, of he course. really did. Because... You have to mm-hmm. for him if no one else. We can. had to. I felt so sorry for my wife because our firstborn. Yeah. We're stuck in a house and everyone's grieving, and that she wanted, you know, to appoint celebrate yeah. the birth of our wee baby, and and as did I, and we did. We, you know, we did. But it was just strange that mm. what was supposed to be a real happy time was. But also sad and having to just deal with all emotions. Mm. Um, you know, I, I used to go into the bathroom and have a bath and cry into a towel mm. and get it all out and then get ready and, and, and go, oh, I'm fine now and support mum and dad and, oh, sure, Lana, isn't this wonderful? We've got wee Ollie and, and he's, he's going so to be okay. So you felt you had to be strong for everyone. Yeah, yeah, because I was the only son in the house at this point mm. now. Do you think a lot of people do that, especially males? They feel that they I have to so. be the strong one. I think so. And also, you know, coming from, from Scotland as well on the West Coast and, like, you know, dads from that era where men don't cry. Yeah. And everything's fine and, you know, pull yourself together. And he would say things like that. Come on, we're going to be okay. Pull ourselves together. And I wanted to say, I'll pull you together, mm. you know, just have a cry. But he's from that era, but he's isn't he? From and, that era. and that's what we've been saying as well, how people deal with grief differently. Mm. You know, I'm sure he equally was going to the bathroom and screaming yeah. into a towel. Yeah. You know. And, and funny how we've never asked that question. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And I'm telling you that, but I never told my wife that. Yeah. You know, she'll know now. And uh, probably never said to your dad, Dad, actually, do you know what? It's all right to cry. No. no uh, you know, and you maybe know. if you put Cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you try and. You know, and, and I on. think that's it's, it's bizarre mm. that we don't. That you that, yeah, people that we don't. don't do it. Because I guess it's one of those things, especially in that situation that you were in, that if you start, you may not stop. Mm. You know, yeah. So somebody's got to. Yeah, yeah. You know, keep it all Just together. Keep it together, and mm. and uh, I, I suppose with having so much time uh, that no one was leaving to go to work or mm. uh, to to leave the country, or whatever. That we we got through it as well by memories, and you know, my mommy would say, oh, "Remember that time with Jared," mm. and and we did a lot of that. Yeah. And that was good. Which was a nice way of celebrating yeah. him actually all together. And we had in, that in a very time. private yeah. moment, yeah. you know. So you know, that that helped us. Uh, if anything, you know, good of COVID was to come was mm. having the time that we were all together and being able to do that. Ollie was premature in the March, Jared died in the April, my wife's grand died in the June. And I was to start filming uh, Mrs. Brown's Christmas specials in mm-hmm. October. And so I find myself... In, in the meantime, we get back to Lanzarote. 
we leave in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, funny enough, we were still in the country for Sherlands Grand. Ah, I thought, God, are we ever going to get home? Are we ever going to get back? I, I want us just to be a family, a unit. I want at this point everybody needs a break from one another. Mm. You know. Do you think that's important when you're going through situations like that? Y- yeah, have a break. I, I, I think. I, just, I guess from the intensity of so much. It was just, I, you know, yeah. bizarre. I suppose in, in normal circumstances that you you all celebrate the life of mm. of the person that's passed, and then everyone goes to their own. Uh, home environment Not, we, we didn't have that so in the July we eventually get back to Lanzarote and then I fly back in October for filming in October in the interim I'd said to my wife why are you stuck in Lanzarote with your newborn on your own why don't you just get a flight and come and join us and we'll mm. self-isolate which we did but when you say, does it change and you, you reevaluate life differently, when I got that phone call, I just thought, no, you're not getting to do this to me. I was hearing the understanding that it was the two eps, mm. now it's one. And so therefore, I just had the strength to say, no, yeah. enough's. Uh, you know, everyone thinks, oh, God, you know, it's, it's been out there that everyone thinks, oh, Gary just immediately left and had some sort of dramatic strop. Well, I'm known in the business, I've never had a strop in my life. Mm. Uh, but I just, no, I'd had enough, I've been, you know, there was things leading to this in the past that both of us know about. Well, after what you've just been through as well. Life is too short. Sometimes it takes yeah. something so tragic to make you realise you know, life and is it's, too short. And some things aren't as important as you thought they were. No, no, I thought, you know, isolating again now this has all changed and I'm stuck here and I've been dealing with a couple of things over yeah. the years uh, within the company and I just don't know enough's enough and so I made that decision and was it scary decision to make as well to be honest with you Colleen I, I didn't even look at it uh, that you know as it but being what about scary. what about people were they going oh you're making this because oh my you're god grieving, everybody you're, yeah. oh yeah there was phone yeah. calls coming fast and furious to say what are you doing you know let's mm. think about this mm. I thought no 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 it's it's time I as I say I will never ever take away that I had a fantastic 20 years and we've all had our ups and downs and within us all with marriages and divorces and children. I'll always respect that. But it just came to a point that the the final straw. Mm. And I think that everything that happened prior in that year and with Jared, it gave me the strength to go, life is too short. Mm. So you're not happy with this, it's time to move on. Mm. You know, again, you're you're leaving a, a good earner. Uh, but I thought, good day, or your, or your mental health. And I thought, no, it's time to go. Did you discuss that with your wife? No, or? no. I'd taken this call in the garden and I'd walk back in to say, we can go home whenever we like. Mm. And everyone just said, what the, have you done? <laughs> and I thought, no, I, I, for me, you just knew it was everybody right, was in shock. My wife, there was things that, in the past and she knew that, oh, one more button pressed on him. And that'll be it. And that was the final button. And do you think you got the strength from 
the loss of your lovely brother? Was it was it that that gave you the strength? Yeah, I, I think it was. Because nothing could be worse than that. No, I I think it was just as you say, you you just reevaluated mm. everything, and 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 I did so during COVID and being in that house, and then flying back to Lanzarote, and then coming back to Glasgow, and the understanding of everything. I just thought, no, that's mm. that's it. So yeah, I think that uh, that time, the time it gave me time to think. And then losing Jared, I just thought, oh no, I, I'm going to do things now from here on in that make me happy. And uh, and uh, and he gave me that. Mm. His passing gave me that. Yeah. Because there was Jared, the most gentle man that that I know, mm. uh, had left his family, mm. and it was it was my time to to change paths. So was he married with children? As yes. Well? And and how were they? Was it, you know, did was it important for you to really support them as well? Or? Yeah, uh, they're, they're doing good. And yeah. um, we had to be there for them. Mm. Uh, we were talking uh, uh, before in past uh, episodes about the different forms of grief and what some people want and some people need. Like, sometimes people don't know how to act around somebody that's just lost. Yeah, I somebody. know, I know. And I found how did you find that? I found that with losing friends in the past, mm. you know, it's like, what do you say? And Because sorry doesn't seem enough. Well, I, friend, I always think... <laughs> no, a friend of mine used to say, if someone else says to me, I'm sorry for your loss, you know, and I thought, yeah, that's true. Like, it's sorry for your loss because you don't know what we're all going through. No. We're, we're all, everybody deals with things differently. Mm. Um, and so... We didn't so much as say sorry for a loss. It's happened. Mm. We can't change it. Um, but what did it mean a lot to you when people did come up and say something? Oh God, yeah, but yeah, very much. And then there's another side that my dad would say, "Well, don't cuddle me," because it would set him off. Or yeah, or you know, and I would say, "Yeah, yeah, thank you," and then go as they're coming for the cuddle, and you think, Please "Oh, don't. here I'm going to go again." Mm. Um, but yeah, of course, you were, you were thankful, uh, and thankful that that it was well thought of. Mm. On that day, you know, there's a lot of his colleagues that came and and did their own thing. And since um, he'd worked with this company for thirty odd years, and since they have put a lovely memorial uh, bench in the grounds of of the factory, um, and then we have done the same. And as I often say to him, God, Jerry, you've got more memorial benches <laughs> than the Lord Provost of Glasgow. <laughs> but again, doing things like that, because I said to my mum, let's do a memorial bench. Oh, sh- Jerry, Jerry was so laid back mm. and, and, you know, didn't like anything big with a me ad. Oh, let's have balloons and streamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and out there, but Jerry was, it was oh, so, so humble. And uh, I said, no, let's do a memorial bench. But, but what do you want a memorial bench for? I said, trust me, when you go to to visit the graveside, you'll also have this lovely bench that you can sit and, mm. and you know. And I, of course, I still um, have a laugh with them and say, you know, one day we're going to go to the off-licence, we're going to get a few bottles of wine and we're going to sit on <laughs> that the bench. bench. Gary, you cannot do that. <laughs> but Because Jerry, Jerry would be mortified mm. to get up the road. He didn't like any fuss. But, uh, so I'm glad we did that as well. Again, uh, tapping into little things that, will help yes will help 
you know, discussing and having his memory. I go to the graveside now. Mum and Dad talk about, oh, we'll just do, uh, just burn me, you know, let's just, mm. I'll just go and ask. She's like, no, 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 you can't do that. We need to, ha you need to be buried because, you know, but I, you're in spirit. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, but it, it, it's helps. it helps go. and it helps them. I'm watching them now, mm. uh, taking them with flowers. She makes a, a wee Sunday, you know, you would talk about what rituals do you do in their memories, you know, a wee Sunday. My job now is we'll go and I pick them up and we go and we visit Jerry, we mm. take the old flowers, we lay, lay the new, we sit in that memorial bench, we go for lunch, we talk about Jared, we drop them home and the new week comes and we mm. carry on yeah. with what brings. Yeah. But it's funny how that's become that little... and. Ritual and Jared also would phone mum at half past eight every morning when he got into his office. And for some reason, don't ask me why, it's just worked this way that I now phone at half past eight. Well, I guess that, you know, is kind of the way I interpret it is even subconsciously, hmm. you are making sure that's one more thing she doesn't miss every day. So you're filling that role for your mum. Yeah. You know. And... Uh, I think also with <clears throat> all the brothers, uh, is everyone's stepped up to the mark now. Mm. My eldest brother phones more. St mm. Stephen, me, yeah, you know. But you do. Uh, when I when we lost our mom, we all started telling each other we loved each other. Mm. We never really. We no, you did. don't. You never did. Don't use that because word because we knew we did. Yeah. So we did. We're one of those families. We didn't need to say we knew. Yeah. But when we lost our mom, <coughs> we kind of all did this thing of let's always just say I love you. I know. Again. Yeah, I remember growing up. You know, it was never. It wasn't a word that was frequented, and none of my 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 uh, brothers or family were yes. in the acting industry and all mm. this. And then there was me. Uh, you Being know, in an industry where everybody would say, oh, darling, and yeah. love you. And my dad used to say, don't you dare start calling me darling and <laughs> don't say you love me. Uh, and we never did. And then I used to say to my, my boys, uh, I had three boys from my, my previous marriage, mm -hmm. and I, I would always install, you know, I, said, I love you. And yeah. they would say it back. And we only now will say it. And... Uh, as you say, now it's a word that we're, we're, we're comfortable in Getting using. Getting comfortable with, yeah. Yeah, I could always say it to my kids, you and know? my kids could always say it to me. Yeah. But I grew up in a family yeah. that it didn't oh, really no. happen. No. But I never felt unloved. No, oh, no, oh God, no. Far from unloved. Uh, Mum will say now, Dad's still not the best cuddler. He still gets a bit nervous mm. about it. But as you say, we all know that we love each other, and we all know that we're there for each yeah. other. Every now and again, it's nice when you just say, right, love you, and, and, yeah, and we move on. And run. <laughs> and move on. Yeah. You know, love you. Anyway, what's your dinner? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love you, right? Yeah. See you next week. But it's funny how all of a sudden that becomes natural and it does make you feel better. Do you think your other siblings, Yeah. do you think they grieve differently to you? They handle it yeah. different to yeah. you? Yeah. My eldest brother was in the army, you see, and then he retired from the army and he became a copper. Mm. So... John's seen a lot in the Iraq wars and all these things. So, you know, he, I think he, he trained to, to, to deal with death. Mm. Um, I, 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 I think I'm okay in saying that about, about John, that, yeah, he's a bit more tougher than... than well, puts an act on to be... Well, well of course. Not, yeah. Uh, but 
and then you know Steve and 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 myself. So yeah, we all deal with it differently. And I'm sure John and I've seen it. You know, I'm not saying he hasn't cried. I've, no, I've yeah, witnessed yeah. him crying. I, I think that maybe uh, the time scale that people can deal with things uh, and different and and different. And time. I think you know when to step up to the plate. So when one of you is feeling the emotional side of it and yeah. be weepy and then the yeah. others be strong at that moment yeah. for you. Yeah. You kind of take it in turns when you have siblings. Of no, you do. When you can cry and when you and, can't. And, you know, uh, John, he, he lives down the borders and again, we've all stepped up to play and he'll get up as often as he can. And what I found, uh, and I haven't brought it up in conversation, but what I found is that when we see John now, we're fine for cuddles. Mm, yeah. We can do it and embrace, and it's mm. not, you don't feel that, all oh, right, what are we doing? Mm. So, as you said, that I love you, and the cuddling. We're cuddling. Yeah. And, and so, that, yeah, I would like to think that that's what Jed has left us with as well. That I think it is. We can just, come on, it's okay, and, yeah. and we're all there for, mm. for one another. Yeah. Uh, it certainly brought us closer mm. i'm not saying that we were distant but we're all busy with our own lives well it's definitely done that we were always close yeah. as a family yeah. but we live and have yeah. away from each other we have our own careers yeah and actually since we've lost bernie i've noticed that we all now make an effort yeah. you know if something's happening whereas before i'd go oh do you know what i've only got yeah. one day off i'm tired i don't yeah. want to drive an hour and a half or whatever yeah. it is and now we do yeah because you go, life's too short, and, life's and too I'm going to regret that if something happens. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm going to. No, do there's that. more of that, and again, I, I think with the the, the daily phone calls mm. uh, that I would regret if I didn't have that little phone call. Mm. And of course, my mum's got so used to it now, as, as she did. You know, if you phone up and it's maybe ten o'clock or eleven o'clock because I've been busy with Ollie. Where have you been? Yeah. I was like, oh of course. You know, so she she enjoys that wee chat. And Stephen's not checked in yet, and John's just off the phone. So yeah, through through Jared's passing, he's left us with okay, everybody step up to play. Yeah. You know, into that more, other. look after yeah. uh, more. And of course, mum and dad are getting on. They're in their seventies, and their health's not great. Uh, another reason why I moved back from Lanzarote. So it, it's all about now? yeah. I moved back this year. Mm. Uh, I think that. And have you had the big, are you going to have the big celebration? We haven't had it yet. It's not going to happen this side of the yeah. year, but yeah, our plan is I'll certainly make sure it's happening. Uh, we're going to have it next year. That's my plan, maybe summer next year. Well, I hope that comes off. I'm sure it will. Oh, I, I, I promise you it will. <laughs> Absolutely, and I better get an invite. Of course. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much. No, thank for, you so uh, much. coming in and... Um, and being so open and honest because there's going to be so many people out there who can really relate to what you've said. Well, and, I, I hope so. And, uh, and just very quickly, actually, before I go, what yeah. I want to say is how how have you managed and what are your tips for being able to just get up every day and pushing through? My process was that I, I hit a wall when I got back to, to Lanzarote where... Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't be bothered. I wasn't shaving, I wasn't showering, I didn't want to go out. My wife's saying, please remember that we've got a wee baby here and we need to carry on. You you know, we have to get through this. We'll get through it together. So the support from her was, come on, you know, mm. let's do this. Mm. Uh, you have to carry on. And, and so I did. And what I would say to anyone would be, you know, talk. Because I wasn't talking. I was keeping everything mm. in. I was crying in my towel. I wasn't showing it. And my wife had said... You know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. You can yeah. talk to me. Mm. I said, I know, but I don't want to be a burden. 
She said, mm. you're not being a burden. Uh, I spoke to a, a counsellor, you know, I, I felt that I'm going to speak to this counsellor because they don't know me and I don't have to, Sherlan can enjoy the baby mm. and I can just get everything off my chest. That helped. So don't feel any shame because there was going through that. Oh, I feel shameful. I have to bring an outsider in. Mm. That's the thing is is not being embarrassed or no. feel shameful or feel yeah. weak because you've got to reach out. Well, that's it. I don't, there's no shame. Mm. Uh, and I'm so glad I did because it certainly uh, changed my mindset and my thoughts. Uh, it gave me strength. And uh, so, yeah, I would say don't be shamed uh, about talking about it, about showing your tears, showing your heart. And if you need to seek help through a counsellor, mm. uh, through someone that just listens to you and it's non-family related or friends related, mm -hmm. uh, then do it. Uh, I did, and I'm so glad that I, that, I, that I did because now I'm back. I'm back to my my wee shiny self yeah. and, and 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 carrying on with the the family. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you are, and um, I'm so glad you came today and shared your story. And it's so good to see you. It's good to see you, Colin. Thanks a million. Hi guys, I'm joined now by Manny, who is co-op funeral director. Yes. And Lucy, who's project manager for Cruise. Yes. Hi. Cruise bereavement. bereavement, yeah. You've just been listening there to Gary Hollywood's story and about how he lost his uh, brother who was very close to during COVID and the restrictions of COVID. Did you hear a lot of stories like that? I imagine you did, Manny. Absolutely. So I could resonate with, with, with quite a bit of what, um, what Gary was saying. Uh, when the restrictions come in, there was, you know, there was new for all of us. Um, but when you've got to tell a family about, you know, you can only have 10 people at a service, 10 people at graveside. There's certain elements of our job which we take a lot of pride in. And to not be able to offer half the services we would offer normally, you know, it hurt. We didn't think it would affect us the way it did. Mm. Little things like, you know, shaking a hand or having a hug mm. as somebody enters and walks out of chapel. So it must have been so hard for you guys. Absolutely. Like when someone comes into the building for the first time. It's, it's a smile and a handshake. When you leave, it's normally a hug. Mm. They come out of chapel and somebody's, you know, um, you know, they're a little bit more emotional than you think that they that they might be. A hand round the shoulder <clears> or, you know, a hug then or we'll sit them down, we'll grab them a cup of tea, a cup of coffee and a lot of things that you took for granted, you couldn't do. And did you get a lot of people, I'd imagine you would, pleading with you? Absolutely. And you had to say no. And it went on and it went on and it went on. And it's inside you screaming, yes, fine, it's okay. But you knew if you did anything against what you was told to do, anything happened, mm. it'd, be, it'd be you out the door the next day. Yeah. But it was explained to a family in the, in the best way you could. And sometimes it, it just felt like you want to just hold them and say, I hear you, yeah, and I love you, mm. and I wish I could do more. But right now, this is how it is. Mm. Um, but again, it's it's just a case of just slowly letting them understand that this is the way it is, just temporarily. Yeah. So, Lucy, how how important is it? Because um, again, you went through, you lost your dad in in lockdown. Yeah. How important listening to Gary. Do you think it is for him to have that celebration? Because I think that he's not had it yet and it seems to be still really affecting 
Yeah, him. absolutely. You know, I really resonated with Gary, like through my own experience, but also through the the stories of many Millions, people that yeah. we we meet through cruise. And the reality is, there wasn't that closure for so many people. People didn't have the send off that mm. they deserved. You know, lots of families didn't get the get didn't get to celebrate their lives in the way that we would naturally. Um, and you know death is really hard to manage at any time but when all of those normal rituals get taken away from you and you're really you really don't have any options mm. it does become really really difficult to kind of feel like you have that closure and that you've done them justice and very difficult to even start the grieving process yeah, I guess because absolutely. you haven't had that proper goodbye really yeah, absolutely. And I think in Gary's case, you know, he had a really complicated death anyway, because mm. he didn't get that final goodbye with his brother because it was so, so sudden. sudden. He also then had that complication in terms of having to be the one to tell his parents mm. and managing their extreme pain when they heard that for the first mm. time. That is another weight for him to carry. But then to also have the layer of actually not being able to say goodbye in the way that he wanted to and he needs to mm. is really, really difficult. And with a new baby. Almost. And with a new baby. It's an awful lot <laughs> oh, to be lot navigating. I mean, we, we've talked about guilt through grief that we yeah. all feel at some point that we've done something wrong or not done enough. Yeah. And he had so much put on him, as millions probably will have. Yeah. Or will have had. Um, what would be either of your or advice to any of those people that are still struggling with that? I'd probably um, go back to what Gary was saying and just don't be afraid to, to open up and talk. You know, if, if you are going through what Gary went through, share what you're going through. Don't keep it all to yourself. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of people out there who maybe want to come to you and ask you, are you feeling okay? Mm -hmm. Maybe feel that it's not right. So if no one's come up to you, walk up to someone else and say, you know, do you mind if we pop out for a walk? Can we go out for a drink? Mm. You know, let the conversation just start and see where you end up. It might not be a case of talking about the issue you have. It could just be the conversation. Yeah, and just a conversation. Absolutely. And, and I think from there, it'll either flow one way or it'll flow another. But if we could just go out there and talk and just look out for one another, yeah. mm. I think, you know, definitely from your own mental mindset point of view. Mm, that's what I was going to say, Lucy. Do you think however big or small that people should maybe have that even if a small celebration to, to add closure yeah absolutely I think regardless of whether you lost somebody in the pandemic or not it's never too late to grieve mm. and that is one of the things that's really kind of we we do within society we mm. go okay this person has died we've had the funeral we now have maybe a few weeks that we mm. carry that weight and then people drop away mm. and so we feel like we have to keep going and get back on with our lives and go back to this sense of new normal but the reality is is actually you can continue to mourn somebody for a, for the rest of your life and having these little celebrations having little things that you do whether it's celebrating their birthday or their anniversary even if you start that tradition mm -hmm. way down the line um, and even if you're processing. doing it just by yourself it's, yeah, yeah absolutely you having can your do a little celebration yeah. yeah whether it's toasting your granddad who loved a whiskey mm. or whether it's putting on a, a big kind of party for the person that mm. you loved it can be done in any way shape or form mm. and I, I read this really wonderful book where this woman was talking about losing her sister and she lost her sister when she was 10 and her sister was eight and then she'd gone through life being told, you know, we don't really talk about it. We don't really talk about it. And when she was 30, she had her first daughter. And suddenly all of this grief for her sister came back up. And she thought, 
oh my God, I don't remember her. Like I don't, mm. I don't know her. I never grieved her. And so she went back and she spoke to lots of people who had known her sister as a child. Mm. And she uh, started celebrating her and she would started this tradition with her daughter and they called it Candy Day because it was, uh, her, her name was Candy. And she'd take her daughter to the shops and she would let her choose any candy that she wanted. Mm. And on her birthday every year, she then became part of, her traditions again and that was 20 years after she'd lost her mm. but she was able to suddenly take control of that grief and it was a really powerful story for me it really stuck with me and it was a really good reminder that grief doesn't go away and it's okay if you can't tap into it straight away mm. even if it's five ten years down the line Absolutely. you know mm. it's really valuable to be able to just you know make that space and actually let it back in and I think it's a you know like you said, grief never goes away, but you learn to live with it. Yeah. But equally, it's never too late to celebrate somebody's life. Definitely not. Absolutely. And and I think what we've learned from all of this, what I've learned from all of this is, you never really have to be alone. No, You never have not. to go through it alone to speak to somebody, friends, counselors, strangers, anybody. Absolutely. In the, there's, there's not, and then especially, especially in, now in, in today's day there's so many cool organizations out there that can help mm. you know whether it's crews whether mm. it's coming back to the funeral director you know there's 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 this church group any one of these will take you in with open arms mm. yeah you know whether you've always lived as a couple and you're now on your own or if you're from a bigger family unit mm. and you find yourself you know slightly smaller mm. you know it's just going out and just putting yourself out there yeah. Just for a few moments. Put yourself out there and put yourself out there for somebody. Absolutely. As well. And Absolutely. You know, never be too embarrassed to go up and give someone a hug. No, of course not. Thanks, guys. Honestly, I've really appreciated your expertise <laughs> and welcome. your company. Um, and lovely meeting you both. Thank you, you, thank so, you much. so much. This podcast is a Reach production brought to you by Co op Funeral Care. Together, no one has to deal with bereavement alone. <laughs>